0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we preview the tennis and lacrosse seasons, plus the women's swimming team compete at the NESCAC championships, and the track and field teams head to the New England Indoor Championships. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The women's swimming team finished sixth at the three-day NESCAG championships over the weekend, despite not having any divers on this year's roster. First-year Caroline Apathy led the way for Bates in the pool, tallying five all NESCAG performances by finishing second in both the 50- and the 100-yard butterfly and helping Bates take third place in three different relays. She broke the school record in the 50 fly and currently ranks sixth in the nation in the 100 fly. And she is our female Bobcat of the week. Caroline, first of all, your first NESCAC swimming championships. Uh, how would it go overall? Obviously, uh, you seem pretty comfortable in the pool there against some elite competition, right?
1: We had a great season of training. I think like that helped me a lot. And we were all tapered and ready to go. So it was a fun, exciting weekend of swimming. I haven't been tapered in a while. So that definitely helped yeah,
0: and it's three straight days of swimming, right? So what's that like compared to, like, you know, a normal meet you had during the season?
1: A bit longer. Um, we've only had one other meet with prelims and finals. So, like, this was the only meet this season of six sessions. So it was a bit longer than usual. A while ago, like, when I did club swimming, like, we I used to do, like, eight session meets, but I haven't, swam those in a while but it's this meet was a bit longer than everyone was used to this year sure and then the, the butterfly uh, you
0: you set the uh team record in the 50 yard butterfly
1: um and did you ever envision the possibility of you setting a team record in your first year here on campus uh no i re- i was not expecting that at all um i kind of was just i swam it in the morning and i 50s are very hit or miss because they're so short, and I just wanted to, you know, maybe go the same time and, if anything, faster at night. So I really wasn't expecting to go faster, um, especially that time. And I had no idea it was a school record at all until, like, 30 minutes after I swam it. Um, So that was pretty exciting, but I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. How would you find out of
0: the school record?
1: My coach, PC, like, told me, like, I think after I warmed down, I'm pretty sure, I kind of, like, warmed down, and then I got out, and he, like, told me that that was, like, our new school record, and I was like, wow, like, I was kind of shocked um, and surprised, but, yeah, that's how I found out.
0: Excellent. And then, you know, you're a first year here. So tell us how you decided to come to Bates uh, for, you know, for academics and for swimming as well.
1: Um, I really, well, I didn't know if I wanted to swim in college yet. Um, All I knew was I wanted a small liberal arts school setting and I wanted to stay on relatively on the East coast. I think Um, I wasn't, I was looking at other liberal arts schools, but I really took, like, I wanted academics first, um, so I really wanted a D3 program because I think that was, like, what was in the cards for me um, swimming-wise. And I my uh, old swim coach, who was also a college counselor, he – I went to him for help in looking for schools and he recommended Bates college to me. And I had, I was, it was my junior year and I never heard of Bates before until then. And I started looking into it and I was like, really, like I was very happy that once I emailed um, coach and I found out like I could, I had a chance of like coming here and like getting in, I was, very happy. And then I took my recruiting trip and that kind of sealed the deal. Um, I met with the team and I really saw myself with like the whole team setting. And I really liked the canvas. And yeah, that's everything was perfect. And everything is perfect. (laughs) Excellent. Had
0: you ever been to Maine
1: before your recruiting trip? Uh, No, I've never been to Maine. I'm the farthest I've ever gone was um, New Hampshire, like was on vacation, but I never set foot in Maine until I, on my recruiting trip, and it's very beautiful. I' not used to it.
2: Yeah, what was your
0: initial impression when you you know first you first uh, came to campus and everything? What were some things that stood out to you?
1: Um, well, I came in the fall, so all the we, like I'm from outside Philadelphia. I'm like in from the suburbs, so. I am used to seasons, but when I came um, and we went apple picking and I was looking out and it was just beautiful, like red and orange, like covered trees. And I wasn't used, like, I've never seen that view before. And I was kind of taken aback and like everyone around, I like was asking people around me, like, have they, are they used to that? And they were all like, yeah, we're pretty used to it. So I don't know. Yeah, it was... It was very beautiful in the fall. Excellent.
0: Well, and then from a swimming perspective, what's been maybe the biggest adjustment from, you know, swimming in high school to swimming in college?
1: I never did um, morning practices and I never did lifting. Um, that was probably the biggest adjustment for me. But, you know, when you're waking up at 5.30 in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning, um, it's it gets... Everyone else is doing it too, so you're not alone with it. You know, I'm like I walk to the pool at 5:30 in the morning, and I see other people walking to it too, and it's you're not really alone in that, so it makes it easier. Um, and everyone in, when lifting um, upstairs in the gym, it's, um, it's easier too because I had no idea what I was doing at first and. <laughs> I like it's you can ask other people on the team what to do and they're pretty helpful with that too. So it was very, it was an easy adjustment to that.
0: Great. And then obviously you were uh, starring there in the butterfly at the NESCAC championships. Where do you start swimming the butterfly and what makes it such a good event for you? You think?
1: Um, well, when I was a kid, I used to swim a lot of backstroke and butterfly wasn't really one of my main events. Um, I think I, I don't, I don't know what's why butterflies, so I'm more adjusted to that. Um, I think like, I, whenever we do kicking sets, I always like to do um, butterfly kicking underwater. And like, in my opinion, I feel faster than that, than like when we do regular kicking on, with a board or like freestyle kicking. I'm more of a fan of, like, butterfly kicking underwater. Um, I think just, like, doing that, it's more fun.
0: I know on Sunday you were in the freestyle relay race, right, Border York Freestyle Relay. So how does a relay yeah. race compare to, like, an individual
1: event for you? Um, I love swimming mm. relay races so much more than doing individual events. I just think mm. swimming – in general, is a very tough sport, and when you're on a relay, it makes it's just so much more fun. You have more adrenaline because you're with other people, you're with your other teammates, and everyone is screaming during the relay races, and it's just such a more like such a more um, electricity in the air. Like it's just more, it's more fun. I feel like I go faster in a relay. I think anyone can go faster and relay than individually because you're just, you're more on adrenaline. You're running on adrenaline, and you just go faster because you want to go faster for your teammates and for the whole team.
0: Great. Have you started thinking about the possibility of competing at the NCAA championships at all? <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. I. Well, I'm currently on campus right now because I thought it's going to be easier to swim during these next four weeks, but I think we have a really good shot of making it in back in a lot of our relays. Um, I think we're just waiting back to hear about our like shoe medley. I think we have a solid chance in that. Um, I don't know about my hundred fly right now, but I think coach Casares has said that I have a good shot of making it back in the hundred fly, but I really hope that all of our relays get a good shot of making it back. And have you talked to any of your teammates about the experience of competing at
0: nationals or anything like that?
1: Um. Yeah. Uh. Logan, she's. I think she's gone almost every year. And in Hope. In hope. Logan. Um. They said Hope said that it was a really fun meet, and it's a really nice experience. And Yannicka, she also said that like feeling like you had, it opens a whole new world of swimming. You know, you see people that are just ridiculously fast and it just is like an eye opener kind of meet. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that.
0: Great. Last question for you. Any other thoughts on the experience of the NESCAC championships and what you got out of it?
1: It was a really fun meet. I was not, re- I was not expecting it to be as fun. Um, you know, it's weird because you. A lot of people. Half your team swimming at night, and then the other half of your team. It's just everyone's cheering for you. Everyone knows. Everyone watches each other swim. It's really nice feeling when you get out of the pool, and then everyone knows what you did. And to like, it's just such a nice feeling with everyone watching and cheering for your teammates. Um, and staying back and watching all your teammates on the mile or like the thousand. Um, Cause we had a lot of girls doing that too. Um, and at the end, it was really sad. Like everyone, everyone kind of wanted to stay another day or <laughs> just s- stay with each other for another day. And yeah, we had a lot of fun.
0: All right. Caroline Apathy, our female Bobcat of the week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Our male Bobcat of the week is junior Dinos Lefkaridis. He marched in the opening ceremonies at the Olympics as the only athlete from the country of Cyprus. Lefkaridis competed in the giant slalom last week and was one of 21 athletes who did not complete their first run. He'll now race in the slalom this Thursday. The Bobcast will look to catch up with Lefkaridis after the completion of the slalom. Speaking of alpine skiing, the Bates women's alpine skiing team took fourth in the slalom at the Williams Carnival over the weekend. And the Bates Alpine and Nordic teams combined to finish 7th out of 16 schools overall. They compete in the NCAA East Regionals this Friday and Saturday at the Middlebury Carnival. In track and field action, the women's team took 6th at the New England Indoor Championships, while the men finished 8th. Junior Mark Fusco led the way for the Bates men, helping the distance medley relay team finish 3rd and fishing 3rd individually in the 600 meters. Meanwhile, senior captain Adedire Fakaridi finished 3rd in the weight throw, and sophomore Brendan Donahue took 4th in the heptathlon with a career best, 4,313 points. The women's team produced two New England champions with senior Sally Cisse becoming the New England Division III triple jump champion for the first time with a season best top mark of 39 feet 3.25 inches. Meanwhile junior Aiden Eikoff won her first New England Division III title in the 800 meter run finishing the race in two minutes 15.14 seconds. Joined by New England Indoor champions in the 800 meters and the triple jump, respectively, Aiden Eikoff and Sally Sise here on the Bobcast talking some women's track and field. And Aiden, we'll start with you as a junior. You are getting your first 800 meters title at New England Indoors. What was that experience like for you?
3: Nerve wracking for sure. Um, as a junior, I have now had to see my competition and start to know them after about three years of, you know, NESCAC track and other D3. Um, track events so that was sort of harder for me um, and I was really really nervous for the, race, for the race but some of my teammates sort of latched onto to this and really went out of their way to make sure that they knew that I was prepared and that I was going to give it my all no matter, else, no matter who else was running on the track with me so that was really fantastic and I was able to run a pretty smooth race and get the win in the end.
0: And, Sally, you've accomplished so much with the, triple, with the triple jump here at Bates, but this is your first New England indoor title in that event. So how would that feel for you to, to break through like that?
4: It felt amazing. Um, it's definitely, like, uh, an achievement that I've been looking forward to, like, the, for the past four years, and it really feels good to finally check that off my list. Um, yeah, I felt, I felt good that entire day. Um, I just knew that, like, a big jump was coming. And um, once I completed it, I was happy with the result.
0: Yeah, it was your season best, right? So that's probably a good thing at this point, right, to be be improving each and every week.
4: Yeah, um, I find that when I'm improving each and every week, um, I pull out the best results in the end. I know, like, my first few years I had, like, rocky seasons where I'd, like, pull out a big one and then be inconsistent throughout the season. So it really feels good knowing that, like, approaching, like, Um, Nationals that I'm improving every single week and knowing that by the time we get there in, what, two, three weeks, that I'll I'll finally be ready to compete at the level that I want to.
3: And then,
0: Aiden, I know part of the fun of Attract Me is getting to watch your teammates compete. I know there's some other pretty nice accomplishments, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. It was actually a fantastic day for a lot of people. Um, We had, you know, even though Catherine Cook didn't get the win, she had a great race against some really tough competition. And we had people um, see really big PRs. Uh, we have Sarah Schulte and the 60 hurdles moved up about 0.2 seconds. And, um, we had Anna Bodette run a really, really quick 60 meter dash. So those were two and three individual performances, um, along with, I'm not exactly sure what time the four by two ran, but it was really, really fun watching them have fantastic handoffs and fight to the finish. Great, great.
0: I, I mean, you mentioned like Anna Bodette. I know Jenny Martin's been another underclassman who's had a, had a big year for the team. I mean, what's it like to see some of the younger um, athletes step up like that?
3: It was really, really cool. I got a chance to um, talk to Jenny a little bit as we were, um, she was, we were both heating before our events and she was worried that she wasn't going to be able to fully compete at the level that she knew she could just because I think her ankle or calf or something was tight. But it was really awesome to see her instead of sort of backing down and maybe scratching the event. She instead fought through it and competed really well.
0: And then, Sally, um, you know, the indoor championship's coming up, you know, March 9th and March 10th there in Alabama. But there's a little time between now and then. So how do you as an athlete – I know you're probably really excited to go back to the indoor championship. How are you, an athlete, kind of preparing for that in the next couple of weeks?
4: So going into, like, big meets, I always work on, like, my mental preparation – Um, The most important thing for me is just going in, knowing, being confident and knowing that I've prepared for this for years now and that I'm ready. Um, And then same with physically preparing, um, lifting, running, uh, practicing daily, just making sure that my body gets that routine down and knows what it needs to do so there's no need to think about it the day of the meet.
0: Gotcha. And then Aiden, I know obviously the 800 meters looking pretty good for you. The DMR hasn't really run uh, yet this year, but I understand you might be running there in the DMR at at Tufts on March 3rd. And so what are you going to do to prepare for that? Yeah.
3: So that's going to be a bit of a shift for me. I have run um, two mile races this year, but um, as I will most likely be the mile leg of the DMR that we'll be running, that's going to just for me, be a new experience in the DMR, and I hope that I do as well as I can and don't get caught up in in the craziness of the race. But yeah, I'm excited to put the team together and just see what we can do. The mile run,
0: you've done a few times this year, and so when you're preparing for that, obviously it's much different than the 800, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, it is, it definitely, definitely feels that way. Um, oftentimes when I'm running the mile, at the 800 mark, people yell, "Just another 800, just another 800." You got this, <laughs> but it doesn't quite feel that simple. Um, but I, I really just have to focus on staying calm for the first couple laps, and then potentially having some stuff left over for the last 200, 400 meters to really kick it. And then Sally, you know, I know you got second last year in outdoors in the triple jump,
0: right? So.
4: This mm-hmm. year, your senior
0: year and indoors coming up. I assume the goal is a national title. Is that fair to say?
4: Oh yeah, that's definitely the goal. Um, it's been the goal ever since I got here. Um, looking forward to my senior year, and yeah, we're just gonna keep working at it and put it into the atmosphere, and hopefully things go well.
0: Great. And then, Aiden, any other thoughts on New England and what's uh, looking forward to the rest of the season here?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm just excited to finish the season strong for a lot of people. You know, indoor is, they like it because it's a controlled environment. It is also Mm -hmm. a more energizing environment than outdoor can sometimes be, especially if we have smaller meets. So really just going to try to focus on that energy, let it fuel me through my races, and then make sure that I'm really, really hitting the
4: ground running for outdoor.
0: Terrific. And then Sally, last question for you then, same question. kind of. Any other thoughts on the most recent meet there at New England and what you're looking forward to the most?
4: Yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm really excited to um, run into um, some of the girls that I've been competing with for the past few years because um, none of them are in New England, and I never get to see or compete with them. And um, mm-hmm. we've, come, we've built a love-hate relationship with each other in terms of, like, <laughs> who's coming in ranked where and things like that. But um, I get pumped up whenever I see them, and I'm excited to be able to compete with them.
0: There you go. Aiden Eikoff, Sally Cissé, a couple of New England champions here on the Bobcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. The women's squash team defeated Hamilton, Tufts, and Dickinson over the weekend to claim the Walker Cup title at the college squash team nationals hosted by Harvard University. The men's squash team competes this week in team nationals at Trinity College. And we'll recap both squash seasons while looking forward to individual nationals next week on the Bobcast. This week, it's time to preview the lacrosse and tennis seasons. Head coach Peter Lasagna and the number 11 nationally ranked Bates men's lacrosse team takes on number three RIT this Saturday at UMass Amherst to begin the 2018 season. Coach, first of all, coming off an NCAA quarterfinal appearance, you're challenging your team right away. You're facing last year's national runner up, RIT powerhouse traditionally Bates in recent years has become a powerhouse as well how did this game come about
2: well I've been wanting to play RIT for a long time as you just said there they've been a power in our sport and in the northern region uh forever um they're incredibly talented they're incredibly well coached they're stocked full of Canadian guys that can do things that we've never seen before um so, but we never could work it out uh with all of our league commitments and fairly late in the fall Their coach, Jake Kuhn, sent out an all-points bulletin to all USILA member institutions saying we're looking to fill a date. And I looked at my schedule, and that's when we were uh, scheduled to play Roger Williams University at Roger Williams. So I thought for a long time about how much I've hated getting these kind of calls when I've gotten them late in the fall. Um, but I made the call to Marty Kelly, who's a who's a good friend at Roger Williams, and he was fantastic about it. And, and obviously they did not like losing a home game and finding out late in the fall that they were losing a home game, but he understands what the game means for both programs and how important it is. Um, and so he gave us uh, our blessings, and then we started looking for a site. And we looked at the Carrier Dome. We looked at uh, doing a doubleheader with Albany. Um, we looked at a few different sites, and UMass said yes.
0: And their field, a Division One program, the field apparently recently redone, very nice.
2: Yeah, named after Dick Garber, their legendary uh, head coach, who who I knew when he was alive and competed against and and revere, and it's just one of the most important people in our sport, especially in New England. And uh, they recently redid their field; it's beautiful, um, and we're just incredibly fortunate for them to 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 let us do this. And UMass plays Harvard. Uh, in the preliminary game um, at, at 1 o'clock. So oh, okay. we get to also be part of a really exciting Division 1, Division 3 doubleheader.
0: Great, great. So Harvard versus UMass, then Bates versus RIT. So um, the first game, are you going to be getting a chance, chance to watch that
2: then? Uh, I'm going to try. I mean, yeah. obviously our focus needs to yeah. be on <laughs> our business that day, but I also think. It is, you know, we're all about being students of the game, and I think uh, we have an opportunity to watch two really good Division One teams, two of the better teams in New England, go at it. I obviously, I would love to see our guys um, witness that and, and learn a little bit through osmosis. So we'll we'll watch part of a half or a half, maybe.
0: Uh, excellent. Now this team, Charlie Fay graduated, Kyle Weber graduated, Fred Albrecht graduated. Those were three All Americans, first uh, first teamers there. So now, what do you do exactly? Who Who's stepping up?
2: Yeah, we graduated, uh, you know, an, an extraordinary senior class um, that included five All-Americans. Right. And um, this year is about uh, stepping up. And we've got a number of people, I would say, in every class, seniors on down, who all understand that they're going to be playing different and many of them bigger roles than they have in the past. Uh, but we also have the highest expectations and the highest standards that we've that we've had in the history of our program, and uh, you know, I, people need to understand. Certainly, our guys understand that as as great as Kyle and Freddie and and Charlie and all those people were that graduated, um, there are a lot of other really good people on that team as well, and those people didn't do it by themselves. And so, our guys, what I've sensed all year long, um, at a distance, obviously given NESCAC rules, is just how high. The returning people's standards are, and so for example, if you're a sophomore in the Bates of Cross Program right now, what you know as normal is going 14 and 0 through the regular season and winning a couple of playoff games, uh, going undefeated through the NESCACs, um, and then advancing to the NCAA quarterfinals. Um, so that's what their expectations are, and. Um, who are the people that are going to fill their voids? Again, I think that'll be, um, a, a collection of people that we're really excited about one day in. I can't, t- I can't answer no, all those right. questions today, but I can tell you that, uh, obviously Burke Smith and Clark Jones, um, our two senior captains are going to have a whole lot to do with what we do without giving anybody an early scouting report. Uh, Burke and Clark may not be playing where they have played in the past. Um, and then, uh, an- obviously we return Matt Lestava, our our, our, our returning, uh, leading point scorer, uh, and then it's it's really looking at seniors, juniors, sophomores, and then getting to know the freshmen and, and see who's ready to step up. There are a comp- couple people, Duke Brown-Jones, uh, Curtis Napton, uh, R.J. Sarka uh, at, at the offensive half, uh, Frankie Spitz, Stephen Bull. Um, I, I think we feel like we're as deep in the goal as we've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, having Eli Cooper come back um, now as the guy with sort of the you know the, the leader in terms of who's gotten the most reps facing off, Obviously, that's going to be gigantic for us. We also lost Sam Francis, obviously. Um, and I, again, I think I think we have depth. I mean, from what I can understand from meeting with the captains throughout the fall and, and early this semester, uh, we've just got depth and are highly competitive at every position. Our style's not going to change. Um, you know, so are we going to score as many goals a game as we did on day one? I don't know. I hope so. Um, but if it takes a little bit more time to figure it out um, and if we have to be a little bit more patient at times to give our very new defense uh, a chance, that's okay. But uh, we're still going to be the Bobcats. We're still going to play fast and be chaotic and and, uh, and get contributions from a lot of different people.
0: Well, that goalkeeper position, that's going to be a real battle, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, we we return, you know, Mitchell Drake did a f- phenomenal job for us um, through most of, of last year. Uh, then Rob Strain got got a crack uh, at the end and and also did quite well. We've got a new a freshman Spencer Fox, um, who again from all uh, I've heard had a very very good fall and preseason. And so yeah, it's a real battle. Uh, we're, we're sorry that Jared Balman, who is a senior this year. Um, is not able, uh, due to some some lingering injuries, be able to be with us. But um, he's still with us at practice, but not able to play. So yeah, we we feel really really deep there, and and, and really deep at every position, you know. And we have get Max Bresci back, yes, uh, who was yes. not with us last year. We get Jack Merritts back, who was not with us last year. We get a uh, new and improved uh, Rocco Fantoni, yes. um, a junior this year, ready to to take on a a, a much bigger role. Um, you know, Jack O'Brien comes back as as a seasoned long stick midi for us. So I think we've got a, a lot of really neat opportunities. What we've got to figure out quickly is who are those people? What are the best combinations? Who's best in what role? Um, and, again, when you've got a scrimmage with Bowdoin coming up on Tuesday and the opener against RIT a week from tomorrow, we've got to make some of those decisions quickly. So that scrimmage against Bowdoin is going to be very valuable, I imagine. It's gigantic. I yeah. mean, it's our uh, it's our only preseason scrimmage except for against ourselves so and they're really good if I'm them uh again I'm not trying to coach anybody else's team but my own but looking around at the preseason stuff um you know obviously Wesleyan gets all the credit that they should and are the odds-on favorite to to win our league and and maybe win the national championship that's all completely deserved with the team that they return and with everything they accomplished last year but Bowdoin also returns Almost everybody from a really, really talented team, and I bet they're on a mission. So I-, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm calling a timeout in the first quarter just for us to relax a little bit. Well, that was one of the more epic games last year was at Bowdoin, right? You know, but again, you know, welcome to the NESCAC. Yeah. Um, there's a game that we were darn lucky to survive. Um, we made a couple big plays. Plays late at both ends of the field. Mitchell made a couple big saves. I remember Freddie and Rocco had a couple knockdowns that turned into into transition opportunities for us. Uh, Kyle scored a couple big ones. and But, yeah, I mean, we were damn lucky to get out alive. And that whole team, except for their goalie, who was very good, the whole team is back.
0: Yeah, so Matt Lestava, last year we talked about how, well, there's Andrew Melvin, who we should have mentioned he graduated also, but Andrew Melvin and Charlie Fay, and then Matt Lestava on the attack. Those two have graduated. So this is a real opportunity for Lestava to see what he can do. Not by himself, but
2: more in a more of a featured role, right? No, that's a very good way to, yeah. to, to put the, the question. Um, and it's certainly not by himself. Yeah. Um, not, and it wasn't, it wasn't by himself last year. Um, but uh, he's a returning All-American yeah. and, and that's meaningful. He will be a marked guy. And, um, you know, there, uh, for every offensive player, but especially for attackmen, uh, going from being a freshman, um, who people eventually found out about but didn 't know to start off the season to being an established now returning sophomore that 's quite a bit of difference, and so um again, how teams are going to match us up, decide to match us up you know i don 't know, but probably matt wasn't getting the first guy the first defender um last year, and he probably will this year so that that 's very different, but I will tell you um Nobody works harder, uh, and I know that simply because my office is located where it is, which means that if you want to come do wall ball in one of the racquetball courts in Merrill Gym, I'm going to see you. And uh, and Matt works at it hard every day. Um, he loves the game. He's excited about it. He brings incredible energy. Um, but as you said, he's not doing it alone. Uh, I think we will be a little bit more of a, of a 6 or 10 or 12-headed beast this year, and, uh, and, and he'll find his opportunities to make great plays for us
0: you have decisions to make about who's even going to be on the roster? Has this ever been a factor before?
2: Uh, not in the way that it is yeah. th- this year. Um, part of the, the success and popularity of our program means that a, a lot of people want to play lacrosse at, at Bates, whether I recruited them or not, and that's incredible. That's what we want. That's very consistent with Bates and Bates lacrosse and the NESCAC philosophy, um, but I've also got to you know limit it to the people that can actually compete at this level and, and do everything we need them to do. Uh, so that I'm creating the best situation for the students out there on the field, and um, as much I'm always going to work as hard as I can to take as many people as I can that can physically and mentally do this um, and compete at this level. And if that's everybody, then that's everybody. But um, it's likely uh, that I'm going to have to make some some cuts. And though, that, quite quite honestly, Aaron, that's the part about my job that I like the least. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, they say in sports, and college sports, the best programs don't rebuild, they reload. Is this a year where we find out if Bates is going to be reloading or rebuilding? Well,
2: (laughs) yes. Yeah. Um, And and I'll be honest, I think part of the excitement that I sensed yesterday uh, at the first day of practice, and what I've really sensed all the way through since the school year started, was they understand um, what people out there think. And that, whether people view last year as a as a, a normal next step for Bates lacrosse that we 've been building to or they look at it as a one year aberration um, that was largely the work of a, of a couple really extraordinary individuals, either way, the bottom line conclusion is we don 't really have to worry that much about Bates this year, mm. and I learned a long time ago to stay away from lacrosse uh, chat rooms that that 's <laughs> not good for my mental health uh-huh. um, or my professional security probably but Um, I know how good this league is and I know how great the competition throughout division three is. And, uh, you know what people, people should not put us in Wesleyan's, uh, league or Amherst's or Bowdoin, or maybe even Middlebury. And, and, and certainly again, I mean, RIT went to the national championship last year. So that's all rational. I'm, I'm not disputing that, but again, we've got really hardworking, proud people that are really excited, uh to take another shot at it. You know, I I think outside of our locker room, uh people probably don't understand that last year's team, which includes, you know, three quarters of uh the people that are back here this year um, they weren't pleased with how the season ended. Right. Um, I think outsiders might go, wow, isn't that a neat little story? And it certainly was a neat little story. But we didn't accomplish our goals. And so we have unfinished business. And I think all of the returners and the first years are learning this quickly. Um, we have unfinished finished business. And, and our plan is to finish that business.
0: Peter Lasagna, thanks so much. My pleasure, Aaron. Thank you. The Bates women's lacrosse team hits the road to take on Colorado College this Thursday. Head coach Brett Allen previews their season. Every year we kind of talk about different
5: opportunities for Feb break, uh, places where we can go, so that way we can take weather out of the equation, hopefully, um, and know that we can get just a good week of practices in and potentially play uh, an opponent. Um, As it turned out, Colorado College had uh, space in their schedule and was happy to host us. Um, And while we're out there, we're also going to scrimmage against Colorado State Pueblo, which is a Division II program that's uh, just starting up in the last year or two.
0: So Division II, especially when it's a new program, you really don't know what to expect, right?
5: No, and, you know, honestly, the scrimmage isn't about yeah. who we're playing. It's just about playing right. against somebody who isn't wearing the same penny as we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, who the opponent is um, is kind of irrelevant. It's just a chance for us to play before we play against Colorado College next Thursday. Um, you know, the other thing is we've got a lot of new rules this year, so yes, um, I was ask you about that. <laughs> yes. So it's a good chance for us to be in sort of a game and live situation against another team while we get used to new rules.
0: Well, give us the nuts and bolts for fans out there. What new rules
5: can they expect to see? So, uh, there's a couple of bigger ones, I guess, that'll probably be noticeable. Uh, the first one is there is um, a 90 second possession clock now. Uh, it was instilled last year at Division One, but Division Two and Division Three added it this year. So there will be a shot clock visible or a possession clock visible in every game, um, and each team needs to get a shot on the goal or off the pipe um, in order to maintain possession for it to reset. Uh, if there's a turnover, obviously the other team gets it, and they get their own 90 seconds. So um, I think you'll see... A little bit faster paced. I think you'll see more shots. I think we'll probably see more goals. Um, you know, the intent of the rule when it first came out, I think, was just to limit people from shortening the game and trying to hold on to the ball and not giving the defense a chance to, to get it back. So I think it'll be a little bit more spectator-friendly, too.
0: Well, we, yeah, we saw that two years ago in the playoffs. It's no fun when it's 3-2. to two. Yeah, <laughs>
5: you know, it's... Um, People like to see goals, and it doesn't matter what the sport is. You know, basketball, they love to see three-pointers and dunks. And lacrosse, they like to see a lot of goals. You
0: know, it doesn't matter what the sport is. So if the shot misses completely wide, that does not reset the clock. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Uh, that's the most significant change. Any other changes that we should know about? Uh,
5: the not? Well, there's free movement now. Mm-hmm. So in the past, every time the whistle blew, players on the field would have to stop and wait for the officials to sort of reset the play, and then they would initiate play again with a, a start by whistling. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, any time the ball goes out of bounds, um, you know, or any time there's a foul that's called in transition or outside the critical scoring area, the players who are on offense can just pick it up and go and everybody else on the field can keep moving okay uh the person who committed a foul does still have to go behind or give space to the player they fouled but um similar to the self-start that kind of field hockey went through a few years back same thing
0: okay now for the first time in a long time Heidi's not your assistant coach and you have Mariah Greenstein Bates grad from two years ago uh, how this all develop with her come on the staff So
5: uh, Heidi and I have coached together for eight years here. It was a great eight years, but life happens and kids grow up and schedules get crazy. So there's just no way that was going to be feasible anymore. Um, So we miss having her. But we were fortunate. Um, You know, every year we've looked to hire an assistant coach. And at Bates, most of our assistants are pretty seasonal in nature, so they aren't here for the full year. Um, Mariah had gone out to Denver actually last year and taught with AmeriCorps and had been doing some adventure trips and training and when our position came open in the summer uh, she inquired about it so we had a few conversations and you know the nice thing is she's the first assistant that we've ever had that's played here so she's got some familiarity with the program Um, you know she knows some of the kids because they were teammates with her her senior year and junior year Uh, and I think that familiarity is going
0: to be really helpful so Terrific, and obviously um, the attackers will benefit a lot from it, right, I'm sure? <laughs> well, yeah, I
5: mean, you would think so. Mo was a very good player in her own right as an offensive uh, player. But I think she just she understands the game really well, both sides of the field. She's also really mature for her age, which I think can be a good thing um, when you're coaching people who are similar in age to you. So uh, there's a lot of pros to bringing Mo on board, so we're excited to have her. All right, who are some key returnees that we should watch out for? Well, uh, I think probably Camille Beltate sticks Mm -hmm. out because she was all NESCAC last year. She's had a significant role since... Um, her first year. Allison Dewey is another uh, returner who, as a sophomore, um, was an all NESCAC performer, was really good again last year, but didn't get the same recognition. Um, so she's back. I would say probably those two um, have the most experience and probably have the most accolades or numbers, I guess, to support um, them being key returnees. As far as other returners, um, you know, we have some defenders and some other attackers who gained some really valuable experience last year. Allie Soames, um, one of our tri captains, was. With Cam and Dewey, um, Teal Otley, Annie Duke, Katie Allard, Avery McMillan, So we feel really good about our whole team. Um, it's just a matter of them getting used to playing with each other and gelling. You know, we've only had one practice, but it was really nice to see the flow and the pace of play was really fast and really good. And, you know, the mistakes were relatively minimal for everybody. Um, you know, and obviously throw in a group of first years that bring a lot of energy and enthusiasm because they're going through it for the first time. Um, and we're excited about that group from a, from a skill perspective as well.
0: So we'll see. We're optimistic, that's for sure. Great. And back to the learning experience, maybe from last year, what the team learned from. You know, the season, it wasn't, it's not going to be easy each, each year ever.
5: <laughs> no, I mean, every season stuff. Our conference is really competitive. Um, we try and play a challenging non-conference schedule. I mean, this year Colorado College is a NCAA participant from a year ago. Babson, who we play, um, midweek, you know, very early in the season and went to NCAA's last year and won their conference. So, you know, I think the biggest thing you learn is, You know, what are some of the things you want to try and avoid, whether it's a coaching thing or a team thing or maybe just kind of how you respond in certain situations and games? Um, But, you know, I think the biggest difference is we just didn't win close games. Like – every game we're going to play is pretty close. And, you know, two years ago, we certainly had a fantastic team that was, you know, very senior laden and a lot of kids that were experienced, but we also won close games. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not like all of a sudden we aren't going to play close games. Last year we just didn't happen to win them. So um, we'll see if we can win some of the close games again.
0: Gotcha. So I know you don't like to single out specific first year. What is general impression of the first year class you have coming in? Uh, General impressions. Well, Very excited about the
5: group. We've got a goalie. We've got a bunch uh, um, of – a group of seven field players in addition to our goalie that we brought in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the thing that stood out in the first practice was that um, their skill, their athleticism, their game sense and field awareness seemed to be um, very strong and very high. So, you know, the hopes is that maybe that transition period that a lot of first years go through in all sports is minimized for this group – you know, whether any of them see significant playing time right away remains to be seen because this is day two and we haven't had practice yet. Uh, But I think the flow of practice was very good um, because partially the enthusiasm and energy they bring, but also everybody's just, they've been diligent at trying to get
0: better since last year ended. What's your sense of the overall conference NESCAC this year? Who are some of the top? teams in in not worried about that? Well, it's not that I'm
5: not worried about it. It's just the same. Like you could say everybody because seven teams are ranked right now in the top 25, which seems to be normal. Mm -hmm. Um, We aren't one of them currently. And, you know, I don't really put much, you know, breath into preseason rankings anyways Because they're just ranking you on what you did last year And mm-hmm. now it's a different year yeah. um, But everybody's good, you know uh, Trinity and Middlebury certainly have set the standard The last few years as far as going farther And deeper into the NCAA tournament um, But everybody's good I mean, Hamilton, Wesleyan Colby, Bowden, Tufts
0: Yeah
5: Con Amherst, like Bo- Bowden Nobody's not good right. yeah. <laughs> So... Yeah.
0: All right, great. Um, then any other thoughts on what you're lo- looking to see from your team in the, the few practices you have before you head out to Colorado?
5: Well, it's the beginning of the year, so we're just trying to get them used to us because I think uh, when you start a season and you communicate with kids about different things throughout the course of the off season, they have to get used to seeing you again and responding to how you coach and the things that you're trying to teach. So uh, these first few practices are really just kind of uh, them getting used to us, us getting used to them and communicating well, um, and then certainly – You know, when we get out to Colorado, it'll be a little bit more about trying to be as game ready as we can in three days. Um, So trying to mimic situations that we're going to be in in games, trying to get used to the new rules. And, you know, then obviously just trying to forget about it all and play as well as we can come
0: Thursday. All right, Brett Allen, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. The Bates tennis teams waste no time opening their spring season this week in California. Last week, we caught up with men's and women's head coach Paul Gassengay. Coach, first of all, you spend a whole week out there in California to start the year It's something you've been doing for years. I mean, how how valuable of a trip is this for you?
6: It's a great week for the team because we actually get to compete outside, spread out on a number of courts. Uh, Right right now we're on three courts when we start practicing tomorrow, and that is really limited. You can play mostly doubles. Um, So it's nice to stretch out and you know, we're competing in our first week of practice, basically. Uh, The NESCAC rule says, you know, spring break or that second Saturday in March, whichever comes first. And because of our schedule, uh, our calendar, we get to compete in our first week of practice in February. So it's great um, because we get an edge that, you know, we're we're competing before our peers are. However, it's also... uh, tough because we're competing in our first week of practice and so there's not a lot of time to build into the season Um, but that's the way we kind of approach every day anyways whether it's fall or spring you know it's a four year cycle for our athletes um, from first year to graduation and it's a year round process they have to find a way to get better every day Um, so Every opportunity we have to be on the court outside is a day we can get better and work on our craft, and um, these teams that we're playing against are good, and they're going to test us right away. So the teams know that, and that's why we call it our investment season between the fall and the spring, and they really they really do invest, and they take everything they've learned in the fall, and they make it their own and, and work hard at um, becoming a different competitor by the time we head to California so they know what's at stake and and they're working hard you know and it's a nice thing with tennis is they can play with one other guy and get some sets in it's a valid match it's just like they're playing another team so um, we have an advantage that way compared to other sports who need you know 10 other teammates and an opposing team to play against so our guys if they want to they can work hard and be sharp
0: It's a bonding experience, too, right? I mean, you all ran a a big house there in Anaheim, and the team gets pretty close, right?
6: We get really close. Uh, No, it's a great week. Uh, We cook dinners, breakfasts. There's not a lot of downtime. Uh, The biggest thing is making sure everyone cleans up after themselves, which (laughs) is uh, they do a really good job. You know, they're really respectful kids, and they do a good job with that. But it, it is. It's a great week. They get pretty tight. Men's and women's teams uh, support each other when they're playing the, their opponents. And so we, we do travel together to play and compete. And so they have a, a built-in fan base right there.
0: Now obviously, you mentioned the tough opponents they face. That's preparing them because the NESCAC, probably the toughest chance conference Division Three, right?
6: Absolutely. Um, and Pomona's a very strong team. Um, Cal Lutheran Strong and, and Chapman you know uh, depends on, on the year but you know they're going to give us a challenge and you know it's our first match of the year so um, we have to be ready um, the biggest thing is, is the mental game and coming out ready and competing every point and if we do that we'll we'll be in good shape um, then we'll go back and practice and get better and then go out to the next match and you know that's going to happen all season long
0: How excited I mean is the team a lot of teams this year because i feel like last year you know the men were able we chronicled that they were able to make that NESCAC tournament which is tougher in tennis because only six teams and the women were pretty close as well they had a solid season so it seems like both teams were on the rise right
6: yeah i think we have some really good athletes uh they all have a great mindset they're they're working hard and really excited about our groups uh you know men and women this year they they have the right attitude and they're working hard and, you know, we just have to persevere. You're going to have illness and injury and, and different things throughout the season. And, you know, we have some new kids who are, you know, outstanding. Uh, and, you know, their attitude is, is awesome. They're willing to work and keep progressing. And so we'll, we'll see where we are at the end. But I know they're, they're going to keep working every day.
0: Well, if you don't mind, tell us some about some of the new kids maybe in the program who expect to make an impact. On the women's
6: side, you know, we added uh, a few first years. Uh, Hannah Sweeney uh, had a really strong fall. Um, And then we've got uh, Haley Washington, uh, who's really coming along and very athletic and, you know, super great attitude. So we're really excited. Um, We've got uh, on the guys' side, um, uh, Alex Kennedy is a first year uh he's a big kid 6 foot 7 um and he keeps developing every day so you know we you know we got new kids but it, it's really uh, uh like you said playing against the toughest team in the Nescac every day and the other teams we play whether it's our march trip or the California trip they they're just excellent teams so we got to be sharp and we got to keep working
0: you mentioned Candy being 6 foot 7 uh Ben Rosenwind went- a bit of a growth spurt, didn't he? <laughs> How tall is he measuring right now? I swear that kid grows every fall. <laughs> um,
6: but he's, uh, yeah, he's got to be six five yeah. at least. Um, he's in incredible shape. He's worked hard all year. You know, all the guys have. You know, he and Josh, Liner, our captains, are. You know, did an amazing job. Uh, same on the women's side with Maisie. They've worked harder um, than they ever have. And. Together as a unit. So it's it's been really cool.
0: Rosen, now a senior. So, I mean, I, he's obviously had some great years the past few years. What part of his game has he been focusing on the most to take it to the next level uh, for NCAAs and whatnot?
6: I think, you know, with him, like I said earlier, it's a, a year round process for four years. And no one did that better than Ben. Uh, he's continued to work in the summer between seasons, it's been a, a daily approach for him and you know he has visions of winning a national championship that's really what he wants I mean and he's doing everything it takes Um, it's a tough task and I know you know when he works hard and he applies himself and he has the right attitude you know he's already a champion just by doing that and every day he competes he, he leaves everything on the court he's a great example for his teammates and um you know, they can all learn from Ben. And, uh, you know, he's uh, a model for, you know, the rest of the NESCAC as well. He's just a great sport out there and just a, a great competitor.
0: In terms of his individual goal of winning a
6: national title,
0: does it help that he knows it's been done before here?
6: I think he knows. I mean, yeah. he's been in the tournament a couple times. Right. Last year he lost a nail-biter three-setter to the kid who ma- made it to the finals. And, you know, that guy was a really good player. He was He was beat up at the end and ended up losing. But, you know, Ben... This fall lost in a close uh, three-setter to um, the national champion uh, from last year uh, from Middlebury. So, you know, he knows he can play with everyone, and he plays D1 guys and pros in the summer, so he's pushing his level. Um, But everyone's good, you know. We're working hard, but so is everyone else, and that's what our, our teams have to remember is, you know, no one's sleeping while we're working hard. You know everyone's working hard so you know we have to be smarter and we have to apply ourselves more and we have to realize that yeah we're gonna have to sacrifice and do a little more than the other teams are doing
0: who are some of the key returnees on the women's side I mean we all know about Maisie and who else
6: well we were missing uh, Bella Mm -hmm. Bella Stone was away in New Zealand uh, this fall so we're really excited to have her back and she's a great leader on the team and a really strong player Um, and then you know the sophomore class is strong and we've got Susie back healthy last year she missed the season unfortunately with an accident and you know uh where it's sad we we're, we don't have Isabella Isabel Ruvinsky. uh she has an injury had a surgery so she's out for the for the spring hopefully we'll get her back late spring but you know she just brings an awesome attitude and and just uh a great work ethic. It just you know breaks your heart when that happens, but it's part of sports. And uh, we know she's going to be there for her teammates.
0: In terms of the doubles lineups for both teams, are those are those set? Or are you going to mix and match a little bit?
6: You know what? That's always a work in progress, yeah. and uh, that's what we'll use this week for is to really you know try to figure out you know is there a new lightning in the bottle that we can put out there? Uh, we have so many moving parts and some really amazing athletes that you know it's it's always worth trying some some new things just to see if something is better than what you already have tried in the past so but you know we we know our tried and true you know combos that have worked and we're going to probably you know uh at least start with some of those
0: <laughs> right right all right well coach thanks so much for previewing the tennis season looking forward to it for both teams
6: thanks yeah we're going under here for a few months
0: and looking forward to it Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll tell you how our baseball, tennis, and lacrosse teams fared in their opening week of action. Plus, there's still plenty of winter sports to talk about, including championships for both men's swimming and men's squash. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast.